You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hello, everyone. Welcome to On the Bench. I'm your host, Brendan Sinone, coming to you from a Apalachicola hotel room. Probably not great planning on my part to not bring my podcast equipment uh, to my little mini staycation before June camp season begins. So I apologize for the audio quality, but I'm only making a short announcement here in this type of setting. There's going to be a full episode coming up with much better audio quality in a minute. Uh, I'm using this platform on on the bench to make a special announcement, something if you're a subscriber of Knowles 24-7 you would have heard last night, or if you're a subscriber to the X's and Knowles YouTube channel you would have found out as well. So X's and Knowles is a popular YouTube show hosted by Kevin Little and Coach Adam Brown, Coach AB as I like to call him, or just Adam Brown, or AB, whatever he likes to go by. And uh, they also do the triple option with Trey Rowland. Trey does a great job hosting that, but for right now, it's going to be Kev Little and Coach AB joining Knowles 24-7. They're going to be helping out in a variety of ways. They're going to help our Knowles 24-7 YouTube channel grow. They're still going to be doing great content that you've come to love. They're up to 5,000 subscribers on their X's and Knowles YouTube channel. But they're also going to be doing exclusive content for Knowles 24-7. And they're going to be helping out on, on the bench occasionally as well, especially during football season when we need their X and O expertise, their X and O expertise, if you will. Uh, to help break down film and, and break down, uh, I guess, what we're seeing in games. Uh, hopefully they'll do a lot of post-game reaction and, and provide instant insight into what happens during games. So uh, join me in welcoming both Coach AB and Kev. And uh, stick around now for the full episode of the most recent X's and O's in which Chris Nee and Zach Blostein joined the two to do a little uh, June camp preview series. You're going to get Chris Nee's thoughts on FSU's quarterback offers, on Chris Parson, and just what the camp season is going to look like coming up here. So we haven't gotten Chris's thoughts yet on, on the quarterback board expanding, so that's going to be good. And then they'll make the official announcement on the show as well. So uh, you're going to get kind of a glimpse of, if you're not listening to the YouTube channel, if you're not watching it, you'll get an idea of what kind of content they produce. And just imagine everything that Chris and Zach are breaking down with Kevin A.B. Uh, in a video format where you're actually getting to see the highlight film and and see the clips in front of you as well. So please subscribe to X's and Knowles on YouTube. Uh, and yeah, join me welcoming Kevin A.B. to Knowles 24-7 slash On The Bench. Hey, welcome to the stream. So today we are going to be talking about a recruiting in general and the upcoming elite camp. So uh, to join us, we got Zach Blostein and Chris Nee. Uh, hey guys, uh, AB, you got anything uh, to start us out with? Uh, yeah, I got a new freaking laptop. It's pissing me off. <laughs> uh, no, seriously. Um, yeah, it's a little bit, a little bit different show tonight. We've uh, been teasing a lot of stuff uh, in recent videos. A lot of, a lot of stuff going on. A lot of moving, shaking. We've got a couple of a uh, couple of good friends, an oldie but certainly a goodie, uh, Mr. Zach Blostein joining us tonight, and an and a newbie, a newbie on the uh, X's and O's triple option. Of course, it's not really much of a triple option tonight without our good friend Trey, but the the animal himself, Chris Knee, in the house. I'm ex- I'm excited for Chris to be here. This is a <laughs> man of many words of, here. 
This is a this is a guy. So I mean, this is somebody I've had a you lot just, of respect. You got to get me into it. Once you get once you got me, you got me. Gotcha. <laughs> we just haven't got you yet. Oh, it'll get there. It'll get there. <laughs> All right. Oh, I'm afraid what will happen when we do get there, but yeah. <laughs> you thought Trey was loose. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So yeah, Kev, we're gonna jump into some elite camp talk, right? But I, I think. I think if we're going to talk recruiting, the first thing we got to really start with is quarterbacks, right? I mean, there's been a boatload of action around the quarterback, uh, around the quarterback room and quarterback recruiting in general over these last couple. Well, I guess Zach, what's it been like a week and a half or so? Yeah, roughly like about the last two weeks or so. Yeah. So, uh, do you want to kind of fill us in on what's going on there? Kind of recap what has has been going on there? Yeah. So. Florida State obviously has their their quarterback commit and Chris Parson out of Brentwood, Tennessee. Um, he's been committed since last July. Well, last week, Florida State went ahead and offered two more quarterbacks in the 2023 class in three-star Brock Glenn and four-star Purdue commit Ricky Collins. Um, so obviously, you know, it, it was a new movement in the quarterback market. We hadn't seen Florida State offer any quarterbacks since uh, landing Chris Parson's commitment, to my knowledge. Um, so it was a pretty big deal. Uh, Ricky Collins has already scheduled an official visit to Florida state. Um, but yeah, we can talk about that more. Um, I, I think it's a pretty big deal and, um, we, we've seen some of the repercussions of, of those, uh, two offers going out already. So you say repercussions, what, what, what yeah. repercussions, what repercussions exactly? Well, you know, I wouldn't say it's anything big. Um, but Chris Parson hadn't been tweeting out you know, any offers or any new offers from other schools that he'd been getting um, since committing to Florida State. And then, you know, over the past few days, he's been tweeting out a few offers, I think, from Mississippi State and SMU were the two that he, he tweeted out. I don't personally think it's a big deal, but obviously it has, you know, one would think it has something to do with the, the new offers going out. Well, we've seen this from him before, right? Uh, when you broke the story that DeAndre Moore was coming to campus, right? DeAndre? No, not DeAndre. Dante, it's a kid that, Dante Moore. DeAndre is the one that committed to Louisville today. Um, when, when Dante Moore, five-star quarterback, was supposedly visiting uh, in a big group visit, he wasn't coming by himself. Um, and and we knew at the time that he didn't really have a ton of interest in Florida State, correct? Yeah, I mean, the two sides weren't really talking that much. I just, right. you know, I got a report on a five-star quarterback visiting campus. So. Absolutely. It's a big deal. Not a lot of five stars making their way to campus these days. Uh, so, so Chris reacted at that time with some. Uh, maybe it wasn't a reaction. Maybe it was a reaction. I think there's some debate about that out there in the FSU <laughs> Twitterverse. But uh, that uh, when the news that uh, Moore was visiting, he kind of stripped a lot of FSU stuff and was kind of cryptic. Um, so we've seen some of this response from him. It feels like maybe there's some response there, but I, I don't know. I'm kind of with you. Chris, what are your, what, what, there's a, definitely a lot of buzz about the quarterback room. Um, you know, Florida State's got Jordan Travis currently. They have AJ Duffy and they have Kate Rodemaker uh, in the fold. They've got Chris Parsons committed right now. What are, what are your thoughts? What, what do you make of this action? Well, there's no doubt that they want to take two in the class. I think that's been expressed all involved parties. I think that's partly due to the, uncertainty if Jordan Travis will be back next year. I'm not speaking on draft status or anything of that sort. Just a matter of does he conclude his career after this coming year? That possibility exists. You can't get stuck into a situation 
where again, you only have three scholarship quarterbacks and really none with major starting duty under their belt, barring somebody getting a lot of playing time this year. So that's part of it. So they want two. I think this is also Tony Tokars to some degree putting his stamp on the room. Chris Parson was taken by a predecessor of his at the position. I think the interest in these other quarterbacks comes from a spring evaluation period where Tony Togars was able to go out, watch many quarterbacks beyond just the two he offered, and he has picked a couple guys that he does like and would love to add to the room. And, you know, if you watch film of Brock Glenn or Ricky Collins, both of them impressed, both talented guys. Neither is going to be a particularly easy get. Brock Glenn's a very hot name. You know, A&M, Mississippi State, he's visiting Auburn this coming weekend. He's already been to TCU for an official Ricky Collins is right there in the backyard of LSU. I think there's some dominoes that would have to fall at LSU right now for him to become the predominant guy they're pursuing. But I don't think it's that far off or that far-fetched. I think there are several schools that are keeping Ricky Collins warm. As anybody that follows quarterback recruiting knows, when the dominoes start falling, things move very fast at that position. And sometimes a guy who is not a major target for somebody very rapidly becomes one. They can change all dynamics of how you're pursuing guys. So I don't think it's somewhere FSU, if they want to, have one in Chris Parson where they can only be in pursuit of one. They need to have multiple that they're in pursuit of and see who basically rises to the top for them that they like. So to, to kind of address that, um, let's say that situation arises where Jordan Travis leaves and you're stuck. Wouldn't that be a prime position to want to bring in a transfer quarterback to bring in kind of that starting experience instead of two freshmen? Well, I think the concern with transfer quarterbacks always that they're going to scare off the younger guy. FSU likes A.J. Duffy a great deal. FSU likes Chris Parson a great deal. They've had him committed for a long time. They want more people in that room to make sure it's capable and deep and competitive. But, yeah, if you get in the predicament of being shorthanded, yeah, you're going to go to portal. And this staff has shown certainly at other positions they have no hesitation of going to the portal and trying to improve the stock of the room. But I think quarterbacks, one knows where – it can so quickly go from a bountiful room to a very thin room because of transfers in and out. you got to be really, really careful how you navigate that. I think FSU's preference would be building from the high school ranks at the quarterback position, barring somebody coming along that's transfer available and capable of being brought in, who would elevate that room drastically. And it makes a lot of sense. I mean, in the, in the era of the portal, in the era of NIL, uh, it's great to think that you're going to be able to dip in and dip your toes in these portal waters every year and get a guy that's a high impact player but at the quarterback position those guys are going to be a hot commodity I mean we saw it this year with Caleb Williams uh, Spencer Rattler you see a lot of you see a lot of these big name high profile quarterbacks that uh, they go on the portal they're gonna they're gonna demand a a lot of money in the NIL area and they're going to demand a lot of attention from some of the top schools around the country and Florida State's not really in a position right now to be able to compete in those uh, especially the especially the attention aspect as they've uh, struggled over the recent years. Um, they're they're going to struggle to kind of grab the attention of some of these higher profile guys. So, I mean, it makes sense to, uh, to pursue a lot of these high school quarterbacks and try to try to bring in two guys. I almost wonder if it says something about what they feel about Tate Rotomaker long-term. I know they, I know there's a little bit of like uh, of, of his potential long-term and we've been, especially Kev has been a staunch advocate for, Tate Rodenbaker as a quarterback. Strong, strong words. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I almost wonder if it's... You should ask Chris's opinion on Tate Rodenbaker. Oh, well, I'd love to have Chris's opinion on any football player. I, I think Tate's a very talented practice player who shows the ability to stretch the field with a great arm. 
he scares the living daylights out of me in a game situation because I think he gets hesitant, has a tendency to throw bad passes that can result in balls going other ways. That's fair. That's very people fair. are allowed to get better and get improved. Though. I'm I'm not I'm not one of these people that thinks he's dead and buried. I just sure. am extremely uncomfortable with him being put into a game situation at this stage th- of his career. I think the story around me started because I didn't think Chubba Purdy was an obvious upgrade over Tate Rotomaker, and I still think I live by that. So <laughs> we're going to um, see over the, over the coming years. So okay, we've got some we've got some film, right? Yeah, let's oh, let's gotta... do what we do best. So you've heard these names. Um, but let's let's jump into the film. Let's let's put a face behind the name or some pads behind the name. So this is this is what we currently have committed to the class, Chris Parson. And we're gonna watch just a little bit of this as to not be here for six hours watching Huddle film, but so you can kind of see what, what he provides. Yeah, and, and and really I'd like to hear from you two. We have done a, a breakdown of Chris Parson. Uh you can go back on X's and Knowles and find his uh find his video. But yeah, when he for, first committed. From, yeah, from the two of you, I mean, what are your thoughts on Chris's game? Good athleticism, capable of pushing it down the field. Does a good job of kind of staying in the pocket in the sense of the moving pocket and looking for the pass. He's not a run first type of guy or quick to evade. He wants to get it downfield with his arm. You know, Zach has a little bit more hands-on experience with having the Elite 11 opportunity of seeing him about two weeks ago. Yeah, I mean, his arm is impressive. Um, he can, I mean, he's got a cannon for an arm. Um, that There's no worry there. Uh, I think like Chris said, his athleticism is impressive. He's got playmaking ability. He can escape the pocket and make a play downfield. Um, one thing you'll note is like, you know, you'll see some of these throws and probably not a lot of them or some of them are not possible at the next level. Just, you know, a cross body throw, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm told that Tennessee, the, the division he plays in in Tennessee, they have some sort of rule that that penalizes you for throwing the ball out of bounds. Um, <laughs> Like, I think it's, a, I believe you get, heard of that. A, you get a grounding call for throwing the ball out of bounds, even if you're outside of the pocket. Um, so you'll see a lot of times like he'll, he just needs to make a play downfield or, or, or uh, tuck it and run. Um, sense. So some of the throws he, he'd probably, yeah, like right there, like, yeah, yeah. Like he's just trying to make a play downfield or else he goes for a sack or gets a grounding call. Um, so yeah, you know, that, that's one thing to know. I, I spoke to his dad about that. Um, and he, he actually, like that that. in particular, uh, yeah, but yeah, I mean, at elite 11, he, he shined, man. Like, uh, especially in the accuracy, there was one drill that he struggled, which is basically, um, they got the ball they had to drop that back in the pocket, plant their feet and then roll out the opposite way and make a throw on the run. He was like a little inaccurate with that, but he tied for first among the, uh, the rising senior quarterbacks and the golden gun accuracy challenge at elite 11. Um, and he just now today got the elite 11 finals invite. Um, I said on the podcast on, on, on the bench that I thought that if um, elite 11 was inviting more quarterbacks from that Nashville regional that I attended, they invited three that day. And Parson wasn't one of those three that I thought Parson had a really good shot of getting invited. And, and that came true today. So that, that was pretty cool to see. And Zach, for context, who were the three that got the invite that day? The three that got the invite were five-star quarterback Nico Imalavea. <laughs> well done. Yeah. Um, and then top 247 quarterback Avery Johnson. He's being courted by a bunch of schools, Oregon, uh, Kansas State, a couple others. Um, and then Brock Glenn, who we mentioned sure. earlier, was one of the quarterbacks that Florida State recently offered. Well, Kev, that sounds like a great time to transition. Yeah, that, that sounds like a, a great segue to, what, to the next film. 
but I want to ask a question. So I've heard, I've heard some uh, experts say that they feel like um, Florida state's a lot higher on Chris Parsons and maybe what the national perspective is of him. What do you think are the, are the negatives of his game that are maybe, you know, have him pushed down in the rankings a little bit. I mean, he is a, is he a three star? Is he, is he, he's a four star on the He's a, a four and a composite at three by 24 seven standards. Um, so he's right there on the cusp. He's right there on the edge of the three, four range. I, I think the knock is one measurements, which we still get stuck on. I don't know if we need to as much at quarterback as we once did um, height, those kind of things. I think Chris's measurements about six foot and a half inch. Correct me if I'm wrong on that. Zach, yeah. But I think that's what it was at elite 11. Um, I think the other thing with him is, if you watch the video, a lot of the throws are vertical or over the top, kind of run under and type of throws. No issue with that. It's great when a guy can stretch the field. And that one throw that I highlighted that I really liked, I think shows a tight window opportunity on a middle to long range throw, which is a high level throw. The short intermediate, I don't know. The video is so much of the other stuff that I don't know how he is on that. Zach has more experience with that, seeing in a setting like Elite 11, where they're going to test you to every level of the field. Right. Yeah, that yeah, was that. that was exactly my problem with with Chuba's film a couple of years ago was that he had all these vertical passes, all these touchdown passes, all these, you know, Hail Marys. But those those aren't the throws you have to make in college. People aren't running 20 yards downfield with no one around him in college. Like no yeah. one's impressed by the fact that you can throw the ball 50 yards in high school. Like, you know, any any kid can do that. Can you make the hard throws over the middle? Yeah. Being able to throw five yards in the backfield to five yards forward in the field that window is such an important one just for quick release get it out can you hit that because if you're inaccurate on that stuff it's poison you're going to get picked off you're going to put yourself in bad situations and chris has a bit of a wind up um so that's something that'll have to be worked out and they'll have to figure that out all right let's uh let's check out brocklin by the way a lot of love in the chat tonight everybody's hyped to see chris and zach here mostly chris (laughs) <laughs> no, Zach, don't don't demean yourself, buddy. Hey, there, there's your shot play. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. So, so Brock Glenn is my favorite of the three. I talked to yeah, Brendan about it right not long ago, and I know he's maybe he loves him too. some gunslingers. Uh, you know what I love about Brock the most? He's got high level movement skills in the pocket. Um, I mean, this is a kid that keeps his base up underneath of him. His feet are that nice shoulder width apart, just a little bit extended. He keeps the knees bent. He's up on his up on the balls of his feet, on his toes. I mean, it just looks real pretty. Well, Zach, Zach disappeared, but... Um, That's okay. Doesn't yeah, have no, the big I, I think I would agree with you. This is really the first time I've, I've sat down and watched his film. He looks very prototypical. Um, like, if you're looking, that's nice wide base, good release. Yeah, yeah I mean, he, he's going to be able to throw every ball. Uh, and, I, and you can sense that he's going to throw it with accuracy. He's able to change his arm playing a little bit. Uh, there, there he shows some movement skills, which is good. I don't think he's a guy that's going to get off and take off and run on you. So, uh, I know one of the big things in rankings recently has been uh, high school rushing yards uh, for quarterbacks to kind of predict their success long term. Um, but I mean, that's a hell of a window throw right there. He he was a pretty good runner for what he does in their system. He's that's capable good. athletically. I like that he climbs the ladder and lets it rip, and he keeps his eyes downfield consistently, and he stands tall in the pocket. He's He's got the exact kind of what you want from a pro-style quarterback. Yeah. I don't like getting stuck on titles, but a pro-style quarterback in the pocket, he's what you want. A guy yeah. that can move in a plus-sign motion, step up in the pocket, let it rip, understand sometimes I'm going to have to take the hit and let this one rip, 
And if I get downfield, nobody's going to carry it that I got lit up. And he does that very well. He's got an excellent arm. He's a gunslinger to me in many, many ways. Yeah, I a, like him a hell of a lot, too. A I liked him before FSU offered him. Uh, he came to FSU, I think it was back in March, if I remember correctly, around yeah. mid-March for a quick visit. And that got me to watch his film back then. I really, really liked him the first time I watched his film. I also really like Ricky Collins. I like all three of the guys. I do too. But if I'm ranking them, it's probably Glenn slightly ahead of Collins, slightly ahead of Parsons. I would agree. So that's that's another good segue. So let's yeah. go ahead and watch a little bit of uh, Collins' film. And, I, and I, I'll be honest, I think this is the first time a lot of people are probably watching Brock Glenn. Um, you know, some of these offers go out and people see him. They see four-star and they think, oh, it must be a good player. You turn his film on, it's impressive. Yeah, Brock Glenn, he, he looks yeah. good. I think Brock Glenn is a kid that if certain major large schools chasing big-time quarterbacks, the Arch Bannings of the world this year, if they whiff, I think Brock Glenn's very quickly going to be option B for some of them. Yeah. That, that makes so what's, what's keeping him from kind of reaching that five-star status? What's what's his? I think he'll elevate. I think the Elite 11 Finals will be a big stage for him. I think more production at the high school ranks is probably what some people are looking for. I think he's also just sort of a bit of an unknown who's now becoming obviously pretty well known, but I think he was sort of unknown last year at this time in the process. Quarterback's a position where hype can really drive you up quickly. It can also take a little bit of time to develop. I think in his case, it's taken some time to develop, but I think it's getting there. I don't think he's got the arm to be a five-star kid. Personally. Yeah, he can't make every single throw, every single part of the field with just supreme ease. So yeah, I you watch you watch a kid like Nico's tape. I mean, he can throw sideline to sideline, and it's on a dart. I don't think Glenn's got that in his arm. Where was Glenn, in your opinion, Zach, at a Elite Eleven Nashville, third best? I, yeah, I mean, personally, on that day, I did not. Kev, think... You want to pause? Wait, what happened? I, I asked Kev to pause. So we... Oh, okay. Um, sorry about that. Yeah, so on that day, I didn't think uh, Nico threw the best, to, to be honest. Like, he was pretty inconsistent. He also – the heat was affecting him a little bit. He had to take a break for a while because it was just so hot out. Um, I thought the best passer on the day um, was Avery Johnson, followed by Brock Glenn, uh, and then Nico. Um, hurts my heart. Yeah. So, you know, but there were there were other guys, too, that, that impressed there um, that I thought maybe should have gotten an invite as well. So, um yeah. So, it, but I, I think Brock Glenn's a good passer. And especially that day, like he impressed a lot. Kenny Bellingham was a big old fan of Avery Johnson. Me he too. was on the bandwagon way before most. Man, me too. Oh, God. I love that kid's film. I think he's at Washington this weekend. All right. I digress. Yeah. We're not talking about him. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, we could talk about anything you want on this show, baby. <laughs> well, All right, Kev. Yeah. Are we going back? Yeah, let's get back to Ricky Collins. We, we're, we're All right. Ricky not giving Collins. him the due that he deserves. 16 touchdowns, zero interceptions, according to the statistic. Yeah, Louisiana kid <laughs> in the backyard of LSU at Woodlawn High School. Gotcha. He kind of plays, he kind of almost looks like a an intermediary between the other two guys we saw. Where, I don't know, I think his arm's a little bit weaker than, than what we ju- just saw, but um, maybe a little bit quicker. I don't know. What do you all think? I don't think he has the same arm as Glenn. Um, and Parson can really push it down the field really well, but Ricky's not far off from being able to do that. The thing I like about Ricky is very quick decision, very quick thrower. Uh, it gets out of his hand. It's a pretty clean motion for a high school kid. I don't feel like it's one of those that you're going to have to really tear down and completely start back up. Sometimes he gets a little windy, which they yeah, all do. On the run. But but when he is truly just dropping back and letting it rip, he's pretty clean. 
Yeah, he he's the he's the one. As far as rhythm rhythm throwers, I think it's Glenn and I think it's Ricky. Um, well, meaning when they hit a when they hit a three step or hitting a five step on that back. Dude, no one's doing five step drops anymore, man. <laughs> what the hell are you talking about? That was five th- step. That was three. That's a five. That's a five step drop, brother. That was three, man. That uh, was in the sh- in the shotgun. That's a five step drop. That was okay? the worst. No, that Listen, one, two, three. Yeah, guess what? If he it was, was under center, that's three. one, two, three, four, five. When his back foot hits okay. the dirt, the ball comes out when it's supposed to. I know, Mr. Air Raid, you're wrong. It's okay. Yeah, I'll do a five-step drop if I'm doing like a tunnel screen the opposite yeah. way, man. Like, who's doing it? When the back when the back foot hits the dirt, the ball comes out and goes where it's supposed to. I think Parsons uh, here's struggles your with that. Drop. I think Parsons struggles with that. Uh, I, I don't think Collins and I don't think uh, Glenn do. I think that that's a strength for them. Yeah, Parsons definitely the kind of guy that's going to be best if he's allowed to go off script, it feels like. Yeah. Or DB on that one. Just slips and falls and it's housed. Yeah, see, and he made the highlight tape. Yeah. Yeah, he did. Now we yeah. get to watch it again. We've seen that before. Yeah, let's put this whole touchdown run in there. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody's got to teach these kids how to cut these things up. Watch you know, this. Get running. I love the I love the animations on the quarterbacks because I don't think I don't think too many people are getting lost on who the quarterback is, but you know, it's helpful. That's a good ball in between yeah. two safeties. It's a little little off center. Long shoulder side. If he leaves yeah. him, it's an easy run under. But he's trying to avoid the other guy uh chasing it down. Yeah, he's you'd trying like, to place it between the two. You'd like to see a half second faster on a line on the right shoulder. I don't think he's got the on the line. Unfortunately, I think that that's, that's yeah. That's kind of what I was seeing. Was it a little little loopy? Oh, here he's trying to prove you wrong here, Ab. Yeah. Little drive. Look where the ball goes, though. Yeah, on the ground. Yeah. That's because he gets overextended trying to throw that football. <laughs> so Zach talked to him. He's coming in June 10 for an official to Florida State. Uh, Zach, just what was some of the insight he gave you? He's a Purdue commitment for right now, um, but I think he's a little bit open for business, truthfully, and that doesn't only pertain to FSU. Yeah, so definitely a bunch of other schools in on him. Oregon's one of them. I believe they're trying to get him on an official later in June. Um, I don't think he's like top priority for them. They've got other guys like, you know, Dante Moore, Jaden Rashada, some other um, five-star quarterbacks that they're in on. Um, But Florida State likes him a lot. He said he's been in contact with Coach Norvell and his staff um, since last year. They've been building that relationship, um, and it meant a lot to him, you know, when they finally offered this past week. Uh, Tony Tokar is obviously leading the charge in his recruitment for FSU, um, FSU's newly promoted quarterbacks coach, uh, doing a great job there. They've got him locked in for the OV, like Chris said, for June 10th through the 12th. Um, just to note, there's a couple other kids from Louisiana coming in that weekend, five-star receiver Shelton Sampson Jr. and four-star offensive tackle Zalance Hurd, both out of the Louisiana area. So and then what's the connection with Sampson and uh... – Collins. I believe they played for the same seven on seven team at one point, um, at least for a few tournaments, I was told. Um, but I believe that's what the, the connection you're referring to. I'm pretty sure. Oh, that's interesting. All right. So, I mean, obviously a bonus if you got to think that if you get a kid like Collins in the fold, that maybe that helps you with uh, Samson. And obviously we know that they need a massive upgrade at the uh, wide receiver. So, yeah. Uh, all right. So let's transition a little bit. We were able to look at these three quarterbacks. I think we've give a good idea of what what's going on there and kind of where things are going. If you had to, if you had to predict a day, uh, 
between Glenn and Collins thoughts on which player they, and I think we've already really addressed it, but we'll touch on it one more time. Thoughts on thoughts on which of those two, they have a better shot at kind of being involved with long-term. Right now, I think it's Collins because he's set a visit. Glenn's a little bit more to be determined. Plus, I think the uh, temperature of the room for Glenn's only going to get hotter and hotter in the sense of more and more schools getting in there. And he's a kid who wants to decide. I can't remember. He said end of June, July, but it's during the summer months. Okay. Yeah, he. Uh, Glenn told me he wants to decide. Like, he does not want his recruitment to go into July. Um, okay. So he's trying to get it done at the end okay. of June. Okay. Um, and I, I actually texted him today. Because he's going on the OV to Auburn this weekend, mm-hmm. he tells me he does not have any other officials scheduled, but he he will likely have some um, over the next couple of weeks. So his timeline his timeline is J- Julyish, but it may change as interest yeah. uh, continues to heat up for him. I All think right, there's so- a fair chance Brock Lynn commits at the Elite Eleven Finals. Oh, it's interesting. He, he strikes me as a timeline kid where that kind of sets up pretty well for him. Yeah, I mean, that, that'd be great. I hope it's the FSU, but uh, we'll see. And obviously, you know, Knowles 24-7 is going to be hot on the trail of that uh, that recruitment. So there's a big weekend coming up. Uh, we, we we mentioned it in the title. We mentioned it at the beginning. This, uh, this weekend's the Elite Camp. Do you guys want to define what exactly the Elite Camp is? I know it's something that started last year. Um, give us an idea of what, what we can expect. Yeah, so Florida State's going to, uh, basically have a camp that both take, takes place out on their practice fields as well as inside Doak Campbell Stadium on Saturday. Um, last year was about 40 to 50 guys that they, they've either offered or they're very much interested in um, that go against each other and basically camp for an hour or two. It's nothing serious. It's not like an all-day camp. Um, they're not really, you know, fully testing these guys. It's not, you know, very strenuous. Um, but it's more so just a, a fun act activity kind of thing. They do get, you know, they want to evaluate some guys out there for sure. Um, this year, I don't expect it to be as star studded as last year, but that doesn't mean there's going to not going to be, uh, some important prospects on campus. Uh, I reported today on, on those 24 seven, that top two, four, seven offensive lineman DJ Chester is going to make it. Um, and he's expected to camp on Saturday. Um, we're going to have a list later this week of all the guys that, that are expected in, but basically all of Florida State's uh, commits um, and in both the 2023 and 2024 class, I expect to be there besides, I think, Keith Sampson, um, because I think he has some scheduling conflict. But yeah, yeah, it's, it's supposed to be some bi- a big weekend and uh, sure. I'm looking forward to it. Okay. Yeah, Keith's supposed to be in, I think, roughly two weeks into June is the plan yeah. for him to come in for an unofficial and it's just scheduled. But, yeah, the elite camp, the nice thing about it is the reps, while there's not a ton because it is kind of abbreviated, they're good versus good. And you also kind of get to see the competitiveness of kids. And you also – it's about building camaraderie for kids. You have a lot of commitments there, so they're going to do some recruiting for you. But you also got a lot of guys that you really want who may have been on previous visits together. They spend a little time together. Sometimes that can create a chemistry formula that pays off in the recruiting. Yeah, so I, uh, we, I know we pulled a couple uh, kids' film – uh, Chester was one that I think we pulled. Yep. Um, but yeah, we got a couple of big meat eaters here on the video tonight. So it'd be fun to talk about. Chris, I, I want to get your thoughts. What What is Chester? Is he an offensive tackle, offensive guard? He can play both. He's a mammoth human being. I think he can definitely play right tackle. I think he could be a road grader at guard if you want to turn him into that. There's a little bit of him that reminds me of Alex Lavin Wood in high school. Okay. I like that name. 
Yeah, and the thing to note with him, um, he recently got a massive bump on the, the top 247 rankings. He's now the number 64 prospect Damn. overall and the number seven offensive tackle in the country. Look at him move. Yeah, he, he's long and moves well. Oh, that's that's something we consistently see with, with Atkins' offensive yeah. line is just the movement, man. Yeah, Atkins went to a spring game and watched him. He's also teammates with Zach Owens, Zachariah Owens, Zach Owens. The other big tackle is is another four-star, really highly rated prospect that FSU's in on. Yeah, and Clemson's probably the leader for Owens. Um, But in Chester's case, he's just a kid that he just moves really well for as big and heavy as he is right now. And he's he's heavy, but not in a bad way. He's not one of these kids that's going to drop a ton of weight. He'll just have to reshape some at the next level. And the, the effort to continually become bigger is clear. Absolutely. What? Uh, who are the other teams involved with Chester? I know Auburn uh, is involved. I don't. I'm not sure. I believe he's taking some other visits. I'll check right now. <laughs> I know he he does a nice job with that pop inside with that right hand. You can tell he's got some upper body strength. Yeah, he's got heavy hands and and heavy yes, feet. He does. Well, yeah. heavy feet in the sense of anchoring, not necessarily in the sense of moving. I'd love to see him in a pass set, but he does. He gets off the ball well. He seems to be. He seems to be a bent well. I mean, he's in good position as he's coming off the line. So when Owens came to visit the first time at FSU, I was talking to somebody that pays a lot of attention to the line at FSU, and they said to me, "Man, he's good, but we actually like Chester more." And at this time, Chester was lower ranked. He's obviously elevated in the rankings as Zach reference, but he is somebody that FSU really, really likes. And I think they've built a good bond with him. He put out a, I think it was top 12 here recently. Yeah. So he's not a kid that comes off as being in a massive rush, but I think FSU has positioned, him very, positioned themselves very well for the long run. And it's an excellent program, good weight room program. So you're getting a guy that's kind of ready to step into the college level and be prepared for what it demands for that position from the get-go. Yeah, His feet are a little, feet are a little heavy. Yeah, on the, those pass sets moving backwards is yeah, his feet are a, little a different heavy. beast. I wouldn't call him the most athletic looking kid when he's going backwards, but it's probably something he's not asked to do a lot and doesn't have a lot of seasoning with either. So, I mean, that's, that's a tough part with some of these high school kids. You don't know what, uh, what their offense really entails and how much time they're spending on that stuff. But um, he looks good moving forward. Oh <laughs> yeah, he does. And when he pulls, so you get a sense that he can do it. It's just probably yeah. one of those things that needs to get coached up a little bit. Yeah. All right. Uh, so, he those at the end. <laughs> so, so Chester's obviously a big piece coming in. Um, somebody that they are going to try to make a big swing at maybe, is he a guy they're going to – it seems like they're spending a lot of time trying to get off official visits here through June. Is he a guy that they would try to get back for an official in June or – It's a little – yeah. Go ahead, Zach. It's a little weird how they're um, doing some of the June officials because I've, I've heard some guys that they want to wait uh, for um, to, to use officials maybe during the season or even after the season, like December. Um, but then you've got guys like a Lucas Simmons type who they're bringing in that last weekend. He's an yeah. in-state prospect. Um, but I think that's also because he's got family out in Sweden that can only make it uh, during the summer um, right. for these official visits. But but yeah, um, I think they, they definitely want to schedule an official visit. I don't know whether it'll be within June or uh, later on. Yeah, I think it's a little bit kid-by-kid basis with the official visit planning. If a kid's having an accelerated recruitment who's taking a lot of officials in June and a decision seems like it's not going to come in the fall, then I think FSU would be open to it. I don't think Chester's that's kind of that kind of kid. I think Chester's a kid who's willing to wait into a season to make a decision. So I think the preference for FSU would be probably to be bringing him in for a game atmosphere or even a big weekend in December if he's willing to wait till the very end. 
Yeah. He strikes me as a kid that's going to blow up, but maybe not to the, the super high extent. Um, I don't know. He, 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 I think he looks like a really, really good player, but I don't know if he looks like one of those elite, uh, tackle guards that you might find that Alabama start getting involved in, um, you know, at this point, maybe in the middle of the season, if they've missed on some guys, but, uh, I like that film. He looks good. Uh, I'd be excited to land him. You pair him with Roger Kearney, Lucas Simmons. You've got a hell of an offensive line class starting right there. Yeah, I think him and Kearney as guards would be a killer combo on the interior. That'd be really pretty. Um, All right, so another name that Zach had mentioned to us, uh, which is kind of an odd recruitment, I think. And, Zach, maybe you could touch on this a little bit more. Chris, also, I'd love to get your thoughts. Uh, Jordan Hall. Tell, Tell us about Jordan Hall. Yeah, I mean, Jordan Hall is a, a top 247 defensive tackle. Uh, Florida State's been in on for a long time. Um, Odell Higgins loves him. He's got a bunch of other schools in on him. I think probably UF and South Carolina have done the best job besides Florida State with him so far. Um, he's been to FSU this offseason. He's also been to UF um, and a few other schools. Uh, but, yeah, um, his crystal ball reads Florida State right now. Uh, shout out Newberg. Um, but, <laughs> but yeah, um, you know, I, I don't, I wouldn't say Florida state's the outright leader for him. Um, but I, but I think they, they have a good shot. Um, and I think it's because, you know, Odo Higgins has developed a great relationship with him, um, and his family and, and he's a really bright kid. Um, I, I think he's super impressive on film and, and I'm excited to see him this weekend. Georgia and LSU or a couple other schools I've had him on campus. Uh, John Papuchas, who recruits the area, has also done a good job with Jordan building that relationship. But as Zach mentioned, Odell's taking the reins and kind of run with it. Jordan Hall came to camp last summer, worked with FSU, did a really good job. At that point, he was pretty starstruck on FSU. It was very early in his recruitment. They certainly led at that point. I think they led for a fair amount of the opening months of his recruitment. But as he's turned it more into a national prospect, I think he's certainly backed off on that. He did not love the crystal ball. He's said that openly <laughs> that he didn't like that. He doesn't, you know, kind of want that out there. So I think he's a kid that's going to play the game a bit to a degree and allow it to play out. I don't think he's in a huge rush. I think he's going to take his time and take it into the fall. I do think he'll probably narrow it down by the end of the summer. I think FSU is one of those contenders, but he's going to have some of those national powers that love big, mean bodies on it. As a player, love him. He's big, he's thick, he's athletic, he finishes plays. He's a little bit unrefined at times as far as staying low, getting under pad level, doing some of the things that Odell Higgins would yell at him routinely for. But, man, can he do it? Yeah, he can do it. The motor runs, he's big and violent. It, how much of a rush is Florida State at defensive tackle recruiting? Well, getting K.J. Sampson early on alleviates some of that pressure. Right. Sampson's a hell of a good player, great kid very talented. So I think that allows you to be a little more comfortable at taking your time, but it's an important year at that position for FSU to find a couple guys in the high school ranks so they can develop as the next tier of being great defensive interior defensive linemen for FSU. Yeah, I agree. I mean, you see it all in the film. This is a, Chris, I think you said it well, I mean, this is a big wide body. It gets off the ball really well. Explosive seems to have powerful hands, uses them. Um, You'd like to see him get extension, but again, I mean, these are things Odell. These are things that Odell's gonna. The hell's going on? What? What the hell is this? Dude, who let him in here? What's happening here? I'm on my mancation, and then I see Chris and Zach hanging out with my boys at X's and Knowles. What is this? They like me more than you. 
That's clear. Become obvious. I mean, Chris does have an O line body, so I, I've got to stick together with my O line body guys. It's definitely if only more, I could snap. He's only he's definitely a guard for sure. What up, fellas? Thanks for the invite. I guess. What's up, Brendan? <laughs> How's it going? Man? So, so yeah, I mean, we've been teasing an announcement. Um, I guess maybe it's easy to figure out uh, as we've got three the three portions of the triple or the triple option on the bench here with us and you're at a triple option. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> He's you know, forgot his intro. Yeah, this is tough. So uh, we've obviously been a portion, a uh, part of uh, Tom Oak nation for quite a bit of time now. Um, first off, we want to say a shout out to the 5,000 people that decided to click and subscribe. Yeah. It was a big, big milestone this, for us. To this channel. It was a huge milestone. It was something that we wanted to get to. It just so happened that it, uh, correlated with us officially signing on to join with Knowles 24-7. Brendan Brendan reached out a a while ago. The process got started. Uh, He he said Chris and Zach were fully on board. We obviously did a lot of deliberating and talking about it. We just thought, you know, as far as as moving forward, it was the play. It was the move. we got a lot of love for the Tomahawk Nation guys. Uh, I had been with Tomahawk for shit. I mean, fifteen years almost. Uh, Kev, Kev's been there. He's a little baby. He's been there, <laughs> yeah, for, been there for like he's a been, year and a half. Too. He's been there for a year and a half, two years. So I, I definitely want to. I know Perry's in here. I know Ben's in here. Tommy's in here. I'm sure there's some others that are in here. Um, definitely want to send a lot of love to those guys. Yeah, and appreciate everything they did uh, to support us on the way and allow us to kind of grow this thing alongside of Tomahawk Nation. Um, but then also just want to say a major thank you to Brennan and Chris and Zach, uh, for reaching out and showing us love too. I mean, you guys have been coming on with us for a year now, uh, bringing, bringing all the info that you guys got over to, to, to this little, old, uh, football show on YouTube. <laughs> um, so thank you to you guys. This is a, I'm kind of speechless. I don't really, you know, this is not something I do all the time. <laughs> if, if Trey were here, it'd be a lot more elegant than, uh, Probably. It'd probably be a lot less elegant, but more yeah, elegant yeah, in its way, yeah, you know. Yeah, what do you got? Got some of the best promos in the business. <laughs> he does. He really I, does. I'm doing a lot of talking, Kev. What do you got to say? Yeah. So uh, this this channel's been on for a couple of years, and it just seems to keep growing, and it's all because of you guys um, that have that watch this show and give us support and spread the word, and um, it, I guess it got enough attention that uh, people started to notice, and so I, I got to thank thank the viewers for, for what you guys do and continue to do. Um, I guess, I guess what I want to do is kind of lay out what, uh, what our vision is kind of moving forward a little bit. Um, and yeah, so maybe you said that in chat, but, uh, I guess the plan is to, to kind of start hosting some, a lot of our recruiting content, um, on the two, four, seven channel. So you'll see, uh, me and AB over there doing recruiting and, and other uh, other things of that nature. I'm still gonna we're still gonna continue to do our game breakdowns and um, really anything that requires FSU film is still gonna be kind of ha- has to be hosted on this channel. Um, so this will still be the home of uh, some of some of the the film aspects of it. But we'll we will have plenty of recruiting film break- breakdowns, kind of like we did t- tonight. Um, hosted on the 247 channel. And so uh, I think we can kind of see this as instead of leaving this channel necessarily, we're, we're just spreading 
to an to another channel and we're going to kind of uh try to grow both both brands simultaneously so um super thankful for these guys and the opportunities they're giving us um because yeah. you know they're the experts they're, they know what they're they're talking about and we hope to bring a little bit of football knowledge in with us as well yeah i know brandon wants to talk about because this was his baby uh, yeah very 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 <laughs> Go for it, yeah this was something that i had wanted to do for uh, almost nearly n- nearly a year probably probably close to it at this point so i'm really happy that i got done uh what you guys do uh, and along with trey uh, is super unique to the fsu market there's not really anything like this out there and to me i, I just thought what you guys were doing was super cool really difficult to kind of find your voice find your niche uh, with you know so many publications in the FSU market that have been around for for such a long period of time, so you guys accomplished that, and we took notice, and I think we developed a you know, a good working rapport too with with you guys being generous and letting us come on your platform, and vice versa. Uh, AB, thanks for joining us on the day of the Travis Hunter debacle. That was <laughs> that was that was a good one. That was something. <laughs> uh, it was something. Already. Poor, poor guy was breaking down film of Alex Atkins offensive line work at Charlotte. <laughs> oh, the night before. Um, but yeah, you know, this was something that that I really, really wanted for a while, and, and Chris and Zach were on board, and um, even, even Josh when he was at Knowles twenty four seven was on board as well. It's something that we all wanted, so I'm really happy that it's it's been done. I think. Uh, there's going to be a lot of value that you guys bring to the Knowles 24-7 uh, website, on the bench, to the podcast. You'll be able to help out with like post-game reactions and stuff while Chris and I are like you know, hacking away and writing. Uh, your insight, your view on FSU football is going to be really important. Um, yeah, Being able to be on our YouTube channel, you're still going to be able to do your thing on uh, on the X's and Knowles channel as well. So like, th- there's going to be a ton of cool stuff. I just think this is Helps you guys, like Kev said, spread your wings a little bit, do even more stuff, and it'll help us out as well. I think it'll it'll be great for everyone all around. So I'm super excited about it. Um, and maybe there'll be more announcements in the future too. And hopefully not not too long. We'll, dun, dun, dun. This announcement has been this, this announcement's been teased for about two weeks now. So it's time to start teasing another one for hopefully later this summer. Yeah, uh, we hope fingers so. crossed. Fingers, yeah, fingers crossed. Yeah, we do need something. There's something missing. The hype, man. The people figure that out. Yeah. So I, I want to reiterate. So, because there's a lot of questions in the chat. Are we going behind paywall? I mean, obviously, everything on YouTube is free. Uh, yeah. But we're going to be we're going to be writing stories. We're going to be trying to help out the best that we can uh, on the boards. Maybe uh, we'll be moderating a little bit on the message board. So God bless you. That was really the whole, the whole motivation. Good luck with that, sir. Yeah. <laughs> it was for me to not have to do that anymore. Good luck. They're going to hate you so fast. <laughs> uh, to to answer that question, not everything on our site is behind a paywall. There's a great deal of content on our site that is free. Now, our message board, yes, it's behind a paywall. That's more so to make sure it stays exclusive to FSU members, keeping other communities out. That's something we had to do long ago on the network as a whole. So just to answer that question for people unfamiliar with it. Right. So, but we cannot post our film reviews on uh, Knowles twenty four seven. We're uh, on the YouTube page. We're not. Right. We're we're not allowed to do that. So those are going to still live here. Um, so after after games, typical typical Monday Tuesday shows are still going to be here. But we're going to be doing a lot of stuff on Knowles twenty four seven YouTube channel. So uh, make sure you're subscribed to that. Turn the notifications on. Get yourselves ready. The, the, the content is about to start churning up like crazy over there. Uh, we're with, especially with the elite camp going on this weekend 
Uh, we'll be breaking down a lot of film from that uh, next week just to kind of tease some of the stuff that's going to be coming. Mm-hmm. Um, very similar to what we got going on here. Uh, a lot of the uh, instant reactions, we're going to be bringing a lot of that over with us. So all the content that you were used to us doing is going to be can any I'm sorry, I'm reading the chat. Can anyone help me get an NIDL for my 12 U football team? <laughs> <laughs> what? What? Come on, man. Sir, we are not Tennessee. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll give you a call. Hey, uh, X's and O's is looking to uh sponsor sponsorships. So <laughs> Just a bunch of youth so, jerseys. Oh, so yeah. Any 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 actual college football content is gonna remain here uh as far as the video stuff. Everything else is gonna go over in Knowles 24-7. Make sure you're subbed to both of them. Make sure you got notifications turned on both of them. There's going to be a lot of a lot of stuff happening at both places. And I guess now I got to start pitching. Get your get your subs to Knowles twenty four seven. Yeah. Why not? Are there any deals or anything going on? Josh is always a deal guy. I don't. We don't beyond our normal monthly. I think it might be one dollar for first month right now. We don't have anything specific going on. I presume in June with camps going on, something will come about. And, you know, we'll keep people abreast of that situation. I love it. And we will definitely be resting here as well. Any, anything else before we get out of here, guys? This has been fun. This has been a blast. We're, we're working on an hour. People are starting to tune out. But any, anything to add before we turn, before we turn these cameras uh, off? My only thing is, um, uh, one more time, really excited for this. And let's get to work. Uh, you guys I officially start tomorrow, I think. Uh, we got to get yep. you all, all ready to go and hit the ground running. But no, I'm... I'm super excited for this. Thank you for taking uh, taking a risk on us, and uh, it's be fun. And vice yeah, versa. T- today marks ten years since I joined twenty four seven. Oh, tomorrow's technically the first day I worked ten years ago, but I actually joined today. Um, one thing I've learned in those ten years, I've known for the last twenty of doing this business, it's constantly evolving, and I'm looking forward to this next evolution. And you guys are a big part of that. Mm-hmm. Can't Chris, wait, Chris. You're making me tear up. <laughs> I love you, Zach. Hold on for a second. You're, I thought Chris you're was like my be... third son, the one I thought... who I don't have to pay for. <laughs> <laughs> I thought Chris was getting ready to do that. I saw I saw a lot of different. Uh, this marks ten years. I thought Chris was getting ready. Like, oh, nah, nah, nah. <laughs> <laughs> all my friends did that today, but I'm not. Bait <laughs> and switch. <laughs> oh boy. All right. On that note, this is the triple option. This is X's and Knowles. This is this is Knowles twenty four seven. Uh, signing off for the night. Much, much respect to you guys. We're super excited. We look forward to seeing you soon.